to Raising Canes, episode 16. I have uh, George and Marvin, husband, husband, uh, here from uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. to hang out. Marvin is actually my brother, but don't tell anybody. (laughs) But we're going to talk about raising kids from a dad, stepdad, and uncle point of view. Say hello, guys. Hey, how are you? Good evening, people. Colorado Springs. Let's go first. George, you can go first. Um, Raising kids sure. from a dad's point of view, the, the bullet points, the ins and outs, the, the struggles mm. and the fun times. Well, you know, it's, what's interesting is uh, at what age, you know, every age is different. So raising kids uh, when they're young versus teenagers versus uh, preteens, you know, it all depends on how you, you know, how you adjust to that. Me personally, I'm much better at dealing with my kids when they're younger. When they hit the teenage years, it was difficult for me. Uh, it's difficult letting go for me. Much rather deal with three-year-olds and five-year-olds. Than but was that more about you or more about them? I'm sure it's more about me. <laughs> Hit them in the throat. Hit them in the throat. Yeah. But anyway. I just find I think it's an interesting question, but I think often it depends, you know, their age and what space you are, headspace you're in, mm. and what age they are, how, what you think is the most challenging. Um, hmm. I think one of the hard parts was you were touching on on how to get older is how you have to let go and that that one thing of letting them make mistakes that was a tough one for me yeah you know instead of being a helicopter parent and trying to hoover and protect them but you're actually doing a disservice unless they make mistakes Mm. yeah yeah i I agree with the helicopter parent i get that concept pretty well (laughs) oh heck no you're professional (laughs) no yeah i'm professional uncle marvin from the uncle point of view, this is this is this is what I really want to hear. I think um, for me, because I've only had three, uh, one niece and two nephews, I tried to set up immediately um, the relationship of expectations um, on my part. Like I um, made them, I made it clear to them that um, my love for them was boundless, but also my relationship with them had expectations of them being amazing and however they defined them being amazing at that whether it's 5 10 12 i was excited about whatever they were excited about because i knew that they had lives because i was only visiting like one week a year but i would talk to them on the phone but i knew that they had lives but i tried to make to me that was building that relationship when they were little and growing with that allowed us 
to where we are now in their 20s, they call me and tell me stuff that they will never tell their parents. And I kind of usually... Say what? I know. Usually I cringe. <laughs> and then I have to have a rapid yeah. drink after they oh, have yeah. a conversation with me. But they share stuff with me that's just like, it's really difficult to hear sometimes their trials and tribulations, but also it's really poignant to watch them grow outside of that. And I, I think that's a very, I've been able to be fortunate to watch them evolve as humans and have them share their lives with me and their confusion, especially in your, when you're 20s, you're trying to figure out crap and where Big you time. go. And because everything is now when they're, even though they're in their 20s, everything for around, surrounding them is about all about being Bill Gates, either being Bill Gates or being Kim Kardashian. And either of those standards, I wouldn't give that to any kid. And I think that those are unfair standards. Um, because those are money-based, famous-based standards that I wouldn't give to a child. Um, so I look for them. And now I think that they're 20s. I've Also, I try to always evolve the relationship as a, in relationship to their age. Um, like I talked, for me, when they were like 10... I talked to the I talked to them about them being amazing at school or at whether sports they were into or what toy they were into. But now when they're twenties, I talk about them being amazing and how being amazing currently and how that what steps you need to take to get to your future, whatever that future needs to be. Mm-hmm. As opposed to them being fat I try to move away from language where they where I lift them up as being fabulous now. I try to use language with them on individual basis. Like, so it's oh, more of a real thing. Yeah. What are you doing and where do you want to go? And either how can I get you there, help you get you there? How, what work are you doing? How are you planning it out? Because I think you can be amazing at anything as long as you do smaller steps to get to the points you need to get to as opposed to thinking, oh, let me build Italy now. Or maybe like in reality. Yeah. That in me, reality. Like if you want to be a doctor, you have to, there are certain steps you do to have to be a doctor. Right. If you want to be a DJ, that any job there are there are certain steps you have to go through, whether it's education or apprenticeship, or you have to follow somebody or mentorship. There's always certain steps you need to go through, and if you don't think of those steps as small steps, then nothing will be accomplishable. Well, it's like you're saying you have they have to learn to do the work, mm, right? Need yeah. to know that the work exists first mm, before mm, anything you do, mm. right? Yeah, because they're great kids. I mean, I I've always enjoyed them and and um. Um. Yeah, it's just it's just I I know also similar to grandparenting, not everybody has an aunt and uncle that they can tell everything to. Like I had that the because I based my experience with your kids, David, on our grandmother and grandfather. Okay, and I kind of made it my own version of that how I wanted to interact with your children. Well, I'll s- switch topic switch a little out. bit. Sure. I'll ask, I want to ask David a question about raising children, young adult children, in terms of teaching them about relationships, being, both being divorced parents. I find that sometimes challenging and uh, where they're struggling having seen their parents divorce, they yeah. struggle with their own sense of, you know, how can I have a successful relationship? If my parents have, didn't work. Yeah, so it's interesting because uh, we've had some. You know, I think our I know some. My kids have some reservations, you know, because I, of being children of divorce. So it's interesting. How do you guide? How do you guide them when you weren't successful? When you you know we weren't so, so successful ourselves. How do we guide them as young adults in relationships? 
I think that's a tough one because I even go back even a generation further because, you know, I come from a divorced family too. So that's like mm-hmm. two generations in a row. So what happens to the ger- third generation? You know, do they have hope? And I really don't talk to them about it. You know, we, we've never really sat down and say, Hey, you know, your dad's divorced, but you still have hope. I think they have that. Uh, me dating, I guess you call that dating. <laughs> Um, that's what it's called. Part-time, <laughs> that's what it's called. part-time lover. Part-time lover. <laughs> Guys are so wrong, but that's all right. Uh, me out there going on and having a cordial relationship with their mom, mm-hmm. you know, shows. I think sometimes they still have hope that we get back together, which is very interesting. <laughs> uh, but that's a tough one. You know, yeah. I've, I've never really sat down and thought about that one. We've had, uh, Adam and I've had a few conversations and, it's tough. It's, it's challenging to say, you know, things aren't necessarily always going to last forever. Yep. And my, my vice usually is be the best, you know, boyfriend, husband, lover, whatever. Be the best in that relationship. Be the best person you can. Yep. And you don't know. There's no, no guarantees. No. And you can't worry about it. I mean, you have to worry about being the best who you are at the moment. And if something changes, you can't always control a change in a relationship. That's why life is fluid. You know, you have a teacher mm-hmm. kid that life is fluid and and life isn't always fair. That was one right. thing I, I told my kids all the time. And they say, Why do you keep telling us that? Because it's not. Life is not always fair. You have to take it and 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 sometimes spin it and and just just sometimes endure and try to survive. You know, you know, sometimes get you get into survival mode and you have to survive and then you know, hit that next level. Mm-hmm. What if we Define relationships not as a top and bottom and winning and losing, but flip it on its side as in there you are coupled and not coupled and you have extremes of each between and they're fluid, like you just said, Mm -hmm. David, but it's not so much as it seems like in today's society, we still define uh, your humanness by if you're coupled or not. But I think you can still have the same self-love and outer love for humanity, being coupled and not being coupled. But I think for some, but it's, it's, as your kids and my niece and nephews have experienced, they have divorced parents. But I think that, as you said, everything evolves. And I think that with life and death, that happens as well, right? Um, with flowers, it happens. With everything that living, it happens. So but I would not limit... I would not limit relationships as being a good and bad as ending. Well, I agree, but don't you think today's society that we still have this construct of once you get married, you're going to stay forever. After, yeah, yeah. wedding, you're in well, school. But I think that you can fall out of love and still stay friends and still have yeah. and still have Thanksgiving dinners together. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, but <laughs> you but you two guys, still do I stuff like yeah. That. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But you guys don't. You guys haven't fallen into that zone. Yeah. I see life, total life is more like a book and the book has chapters and, you know, chapter, there's chapter having kids, there's chapters of being married. Sometimes that chapter of being married lasts a long time. Sometimes it's like a foreword. Sometimes it's a preface. Sometimes it goes. <laughs> so, sometimes, sometimes the books never end. Yeah. And sometimes there's multiple chapters of being married. Like our like lovely our father. father. Yeah. Yes. Oh, um, Vernon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cat daddy, baby. Yeah, do it, Vernon. Uh, shout out to Vernon out there. But yeah, so life is so life is like a book, and, and there's different chapters. And, and sometimes there's chapters that go on coinciding with other chapters. 
Yeah. And you just have to endure that chapter. I still don't know if we as adults are defining it for our children in the way that they need to define it. Because I think their capacity, every generation increases its capacity for everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, as we define it now, speaking right here, I wonder if that's enough capacity for them. Because they always, for me, the young, um, my stepkids and niece and nephews have often showed me ideas and ways of love that I never knew existed. I think that kind of segues into another thing. You know, our job as parents is to provide and expose our kids to more than we were exposed to. Mm-hmm. And sometime in that construct, it it doesn't turn out so well because they get spoiled, i.e. Um, in, entitled sometimes, things mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, in our efforts of trying to show them the world and this, that, and the other, because we were exposed to way more than what our parents were mm-hmm. exposed mm-hmm. to. So every generation... The, the exposure gets more and more. You know, you know, now we have cell phones, internet. There's so many distractions out there, big time, compared to when we were young. So that, that kind of makes it, makes it tough raising kids, I think, even when they're older, especially when they're older, because you want to make sure that you guide them to that old spot. And then that once you get to that old spot, you want to make sure that you have done enough for them to make the correct decisions and or mm. uh, situational mm policies or anything they go through, things like that. So I would say the key for that, I found for me, when I was looking back and I was our our son's age and my niece and nephew's age, I I guess it may, it may have been me, but I really seriously enjoyed speaking to elders when in my family and friends, family friends that I had known, like my mother's friends, mm-hmm. like jumping in Janetta Wells and Deborah Shern and our grandparents that I would check into or who would randomly check in on me. And it was a really sense of grounding to have, I would say, a, a, an elder group of people who were in my village that knew me since I was little. That's the word, village. Right, mm-hmm. who checked in yeah. on me and said, not so much to me, but say, oh, how are you doing? Are you eating? Somebody would ask if I was eating vegetables and somebody would ask, you know, how my dance career was. And that was really meaningful and a good grounding sense to make sure I was uh, on the right pathway mm. of why I was in New York City. But I remember not, I think I was 25 when I mm. finally realized maybe I should listen to someone older than it I am. It takes a while mm. to get to that point. Like the light bulb went off. I don't think my kids yeah. are there yet. Yeah. The light yeah. bulb goes off. You're like, wow, you know, they have, yeah, mm. I don't know everything. You know, they don't, <laughs> they don't know the latest trend or dance, but they know the basics. Right. You know what? Yeah. Interesting though, how are our kids? I'm, I'm really curious to see our kids with their own children. Oh, yeah, how they raise them. Payback. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you wonder, the, you'll see the things that you did as a parent come back full circle. I think you'll see maybe, some maybe traditions, not. some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. But they have to do that in a whole different world, like the technology that their kids yeah, are going to have. Tenfold. Oh, yeah, they'll be up against. Minority, the television will be in the air now. Yeah. Then. Or in their brain. Yeah. They'll be, yeah. Their, With the their, chip. Their yeah. Citibank chip will be in their wrist. I think what happens too is that we become our parents. I hate to say that because I see myself, <laughs> I catch myself sometimes. I, I just want to. <laughs> Here I am offering up myself. You just stab that knife. No, I, see, <laughs> I, I have twisted, the same thing. You know, twisted. George was laughing last night. He goes, Oh my God, you, you say the I same think, things your mother <laughs> says. Because when she said it, I think we were at dinner, ladies and gentlemen, last night with the family. And my mom said something like about, she referred to something that she said. And she said, I was going to kill him. And George shot this look at me across the table. He's like, Oh my God, you, just like you threaten our kids like that. 
I pity the food. I pity the food. No, I only said, you know, I told Adam once, if you if you get it, I know you're having sex. If you have, a, if you get a girl pregnant, I will kill you, the child, and the mother. Yeah. Are we clear? Yeah. In my family, we weren't used to yeah. verbal Killing threats people, like that. Verbal, verbal, <laughs> verbal threats. <laughs> you know, don't get her pregnant. It's okay. If it happens, yeah. we'll take care of it. <laughs> I'll raise your uh-uh. child. And I'm, I'm going to kill, kill you. you. <laughs> I kill you. <laughs> he looked at Matt and I did, I did it with a straight face. He's like, oh my God, I think you're serious. Oh yeah. <laughs> I kill you. Oh, man. <laughs> but, you know, we all have great kids, and, you know, it could always be worse. And, oh, yeah. you know, you've seen and heard of uh, the horror stories, and you just have to think like your stars. And there is an element of luck to raising kids. You know, you can do everything right. It doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. And they get hooked up to the wrong person or mm-hmm. or the wrong situation. And like I said, you hope that you've guided them, too, to make the correct decision. And yeah. all of our kids are healthy. Yeah. So, right, so that's a blessing blessed, in of yeah. itself. But the only thing I wish that my kids would check on me more. <laughs> oh my god, it's just, not about just, you. I just want to make sure my it's kids understand. You know, David, though, you, check, oh check on Daddy. Don't Dad. you remember? I remember being twenty-one, twenty-two. I had no concerns about oh, yeah. my parents whatsoever. Oh yeah, parents. I was okay. living my life. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was using my parents' house as a hotel. But <laughs> literally, I mean. Yeah, I, I came and went. And See, they call that karma. What's going on now is karma. <laughs> George did not leave his house, ladies and gentlemen, until okay. he was 26. 25. 25. 25. So he's wondering, why, why are our kids staying? I'm like, well, you're asking to get out to 25. So I'm like, what are you expecting? Yeah. It's genetic. They're not going to leave to the 26, please. Oh, man. So, yeah. So thanks. we have to take your like, kiddos. Thanks. You're welcome, yeah. dear. Yeah. <laughs> Any more points? Bullet points? Mm. I'm thinking. Well, I think uh, one point is not to constantly view them as a mini version of yourself. You know, that's you ha- tough. You have to realize yeah. they're not you. <laughs> yeah, the standards are different, and you know you're not them. So even though you see traits and you see mannerisms, you see interests that mm-hmm. it might be similar, they are their own person. And why can't thing. they be the same? Why can't they be cookie cutters? <laughs> Just the same kid, three kids, two kids, the same kid each time. Yeah. Oh, stop. I would say they're, they're, this works for me with uh, all sets uh, for our kids, George, and for um, my niece and nephews, for David. They're, I often use the the uh, idea of being Yoda to them. Like I will say something either preposterous or off-key or out of touch or rude, and then I'll walk away. And then let it sit. And let it sit. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but there's, there, is, there is a parental... Um, universe where most parents want to just talk, 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 talk at the kid. And sometimes it's not a conversation. Yeah. And sometimes the kid just needs either to be listened to or mm-hmm. they need just to have you give them a thought and walk away. Or hear from somebody else. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I agree. When they hit yeah. their 20s, you need to talk Oh, a lot yeah. You less. need to know when the yeah. conversation is going anywhere and just yeah. stop. And, but have you been to the point where you, you know you should stop? Yeah, but, but you, you keep don't. Going? <laughs> right. right. You see, like, why? Yeah. One more point. One more point. Because you spiral. Because you spiral. Yeah. I remember Adam once, uh, he's working at our, our son, his older son is working at a senior center. And he wasn't into school for a while. He just wanted to work there and he was trying to figure things out. And I just said randomly while cooking, I said, Isn't it great? I said, You could be there for the rest of your life and retire there and just left it. And I think, <laughs> I don't wow. think that was the impetus, but it was an interesting moment where his face was like, well, yeah, you it's almost you like you could climb the ladder. It's uh, almost like, <laughs> as he could climb the ladder, you could be CEO and you could just die there. You can, you know, you know, it's an old folks home. And he you just, could be head cook. He looked, he looked at me like, 
I had just ripped his heart out and I didn't do it on purpose. And I wasn't like snide. I was just like, I thought it was a great, you set yourself up to. They call that a teachable thing. moment. Yeah. That was a so, definitely teachable walk away. And I moment. went back to cooking. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, he's like, you know, I got to get a career and get out of this place. I think that teachable moments are even better when you can just walk away. You just drop that bomb and just, you yeah. know, kind of like a mic drop, just yeah, drop yeah. the mic and just walk away and say, Hey, yeah. what do you think about that? Yeah. But you do have to not look at them as cookie cutters as yourself. And, and realize that they're their own people. They're their own individual and make decisions different. But God, it'd be so nice if they were all the same. <laughs> so nice. Life would be so uncomplicated. Yeah. As you said, life is unfair. Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, unfair. It doesn't make it like that. That's yeah. what our parents thought of us. And one of the things I do is that when things aren't going that, that well or that hot, I, I kind of have to reference and say, hey, it could be a whole lot worse. Mm. You know, you have to look at where you are and and how lucky you are with your kids, but it could be a whole lot worse. Well, sometimes also you can't always get what you want. You just get what you need. Yeah. Yeah, but we all have great kids and we're blessed. Yeah, we're lucky. Mm -hmm. If they listen to us all the time, it it would even be better. (laughs) If not, I'll kill them. Yeah. I'll kill you. I'll kill them. I look good in orange. You know what else is, I was going to say, interesting is that their relationship with, with with their siblings. Oh, that is, that is morphed big time. That's changed. Yeah. Oh, man. Tion's always been alpha dog, but I can see it kind of morphing right now. But she's still alpha dog, but she's alpha dog, and she has to be more political, where before she was just forceful. Hmm. Now she has to come like sideways at him for them to listen. It's, it's <laughs> kind of interesting. Plus, she's the shortest, and she used to just beat him down. Not anymore, man. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I know. I, um, I was encouraging Adam to talk, to call Ben. Um and he goes, oh, I guess, I guess, you know, not that close, but I guess I'll, I said, well, just do it for me. They had an hour and a half <laughs> conversation, <laughs> hour and a half phone call. Uh, I was like, yeah, it was amazing. Wow. So you just know, a little you know, push. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's interesting to watch their own. You know, I think sometimes they rely on their siblings. Uh, they'll go to their siblings now first yeah. before coming to us. Yeah. And that's okay. You ever been on a conference call with kids? That's pretty funny. No. Oh, man. It is hilarious. <laughs> Tion was trying to, you know, we always say love you at the end of a, a conversation. Tion was trying to make David say I love you. And uh, David, David would never tell her for some reason. So <laughs> she called him and put me and Dawson on the phone. And he didn't know we were on the phone. And she goes, all right, David, tell me you love me. Bye, Tion. All right, David, tell you you love me. It was hilarious. And me and Dawson started laughing on the phone. He goes, who's on the phone? Daddy and Dawson. <laughs> Damn it, tell your sister you love her. Oh. So, yes, yeah, so little things like that always make it fun. Yeah, definitely. Big time. Well, we want to thank George and Marvin for coming by for a quick little podcast. It was our pleasure. I'm, I'm, I was a virgin podcast. See, virgin podcaster. It's not unusual we to be loved. We just popped his broadcaster. Podcast cherry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bust the cherry. Pop, pop that cherry. Wow. Pop that thing. Bang, okay. bang, bang. Okay. Look at that rooster. Run after that hen. Yeah. Wow. Oh, rooster run after a rooster. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Rooster. Oh, rooster. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what was I thinking? A little bit correct. All right, everybody out there, I want to say bye to you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Peace out.